Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Uh, as you may or may not know, uh, Chris and I record on Wednesdays uh, to give me some time to uh, do some post-production work and get everything up onto the uh, to the server and stuff. So we record on Wednesdays, we release on Mondays, um, and because of that, uh, Chris and I had no idea what was going to be happening this week and this weekend. Uh, and so we're releasing this episode on Monday, uh, not not. Uh, completely unaware as we record uh, just how uh, crazy things will become in the world and uh, how painful things will become in the world. And so I thought I would just uh, cut into the feed here at the very beginning just to uh, express to all of you out there, all of our listeners, um, to uh, just continue to remember because we know that you that listen to this show already do this. Uh, You are compassionate, you are sympathetic, um, and just be kind to one another, uh, like you always do. Uh, we have the best listeners and I know if you are listening to this podcast, uh, you, uh, are, are empathetic human beings, uh, like, like we all are too. So just be kind and be, be respectful and, um, everybody just be safe out there, <laughs> please, please. Uh, you know, I, I know it is very difficult and I know there's a lot going on and there's not much uh, that somebody like me can say at the beginning of the show. So, uh, without any further ado, uh, we're going to talk about some silly Ghostbuster stuff, uh, and uh, and here we go. But then you came and it's soon departed And you know he never showed his face again That's why your love keeps lifting me Lift to me, higher and higher. I said, Your love is lifting me. 
others. There are a wide variety of Crossroad items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossword Podcast for the week of June 1st, 2020. One week until Ghostbusters Day. I'm very excited. This is like kind of Christmas Eve, but a week before. Anyway, this week on the show, we're going to be talking about Afterlife. have a little bit of news uh, from Jason Reitman and uh, a panda bear masked Bill Murray. Uh, also, in the second half of the show, we'll be talking about Paul Feig's comments about a three-hour cut of Answer the Call. Was it a joke? I kind of think it was. Stay tuned. Still Playing With Toys presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the keymaster? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! No, I'll I'll have I'll have plenty of pizza when this ends. I, I'm gonna turn into Orson Welles doing a champagne commercial because I'm gonna go just do nothing but eat pizza and drink beer probably. But that is that's a different story. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Did I lose you? No. Oh, I just thought of the perfect response for lady pain in my butt. Just give me <laughs> a second here. <laughs> All right. Well, you do that. I'm gonna welcome everybody to this here podcast finally. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh chris chris is uh frantically typing emails to homeowners associations so if you have tips and tricks on how to deal with uh, hoas uh, give drop chris a line um but yeah hey we missed last week sorry about that that was uh you know a rarity uh, as as chris prides himself on and myself as well you know we try not to miss uh weeks here and there and it inevitably happens but yeah last week uh I had a particularly rough week, uh, Chris, you did as well, and when it came down to it, I was just like, you know what, let's just take the week off, and uh, Monday's uh, a holiday here in the States anyway, I don't think that many people will be listening, so let's let's just put a pin in things and come back to it, but, um, so yeah, so that's that's what happened, uh, and uh, we're, we're there. I, in our rundown, I wrote what happened, and it really made me sad because of uh, Fred Willard passing away a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so I got a wheel wet wagon. <laughs> we ended up watching Waiting for Guffman uh, that night just because I love that movie and and damn it if he and Catherine O'Hara are not the best part of that movie. But yeah. um, people should really, um, I mean, if you're like if he's a hey that guy to you, you should really chase down a rabbit hole of the stuff he's done, uh, like prior to running into him on. Uh, on um, uh, you know, like the the Christopher uh, Guest movies and yeah, stuff. Oh, like yeah, oh like yeah, he's yeah, I, he's awesome. Bit parts here and there, and I mean, I, I will always. My first encounter with him was in Spinal Tap. You know, when they go to the uh, the Marine Hall to play, uh, and he's the the tour guide that's leading them in there and t- talking to them about what they can play and what they can't play, and um, but. Uh, you know, uh, uh, very sad. And then also, um, uh, I put Leslie Pope uh, here because I was in that same sort of uh, mindset. Uh, yeah. With Fred Willard passing away. Uh, this this happened actually before Fred Willard passed. It was two it did, weeks yeah. ago as well. Um, 
Uh, I mean, another, she was very young, uh, worked here in the industry, was on uh, Ghostbusters Answer the Call, um, among many other films. Um, and uh, just, uh, again, very, uh, one of those people who went before their time. Uh, Fred Fred Willard luckily lived uh, a long and happy life, and um, but uh, yeah, just, it's, it stinks, man. I, I hate having yeah. to, to report things like that here on the podcast, because it's just never, it's never fun. No, you people- never want to do that. The name might not jump out at people, but Leslie uh, did uh, set decorator on uh, Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Yeah, oh, and among uh, uh, many others. Like, if many you look other. up her CV, it's just like, it's endless. Um, From a Ghostbusters angle, which means all the, like, the, the restaurant set, and I'm assuming, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I always tend to misunderstand a lot of these... Uh, uh, film positions and all that, but she would have been heavily involved in like recreating the firehouse at the end of the movie. And yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's there, the, the art department is kind of like a, a very segmented and siloed thing. So that the set decorator yes. is usually in charge of anything that goes on top or over or in something. At least that's how it was explained to me. You know, you, <laughs> the, Simple the, enough. Uh, the, the production designer and the art director uh, build the set and all the furniture. And then the set decorator comes in. And if it's not something that's being held or handled, then it's considered a prop because that's again, something that's very segmented and, and siloed out. Um, yeah, the, the set decorator basically does all that. So, uh, you know, uh, set decorator, she would have been in charge of everything in Holtzman's corner of the lab, all of the cool, like apex gack stuff, uh, uh, you know, putting, uh, all of the, the nuances into the Mercado hotel. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's just Ghostbusters specific, but she worked on, I mean, she was the set deck on, I think six Marvel movies. Don't quote me on it. Six, seven Marvel movies. But yeah, um, you know, she, she's done a a fair share of these giant tent pole movies, which as a set decorator is is kind of a, a feat Uh, in and of itself. Endgame, infinity war, Ant-Man, winter soldier. I was going to say, I know for a fact she did winter soldier, but, um, yeah, two, two of the Spider-Mans, amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man three. Django Unchained. That's yeah. a, that's a, a super notable one. Like, which one did she? She was Oscar nominated for something too. Uh, it might have been Django. Yeah, I mean Django. Um, or uh, she did Sea Biscuit too, but I don't think uh, I don't think that was Sea yeah, Biscuit. Sea Biscuit. Uh, Catch me if you can. Yeah, I, was so, I mean, uh, look at all the the people that she's worked with, Spielberg, and uh, yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. And so, Donnie Brasco. Yeah. See, I didn't. Oh, Mad Dog and Glory. Speaking of Bill Murray Their movies. Bill Murray connection, yeah. Um, Very nice. Um, so I'm going to get, but, you know, 65 years old, according to IMDb, um, just on, she had plenty more uh, films uh, to work on and, and just, uh, yeah. very sad. But She uh, she started down that uh, road 84, 85. So right about the time the movie we love was going, yeah. she was just getting... Getting her start. Last day is it to Brooklyn? After hours? Yeah, this is Wow. Yeah, I'd after watch hours. This list again. Unbelievable. So um yeah, so sad. Uh, yeah, very, very sad. sad. And uh th- thoughts, condolences, everybody that worked on the film, if if you're listening to this, if you know them. Mm. Uh yeah. Paul Paul Feig had nothing but uh glowing things to say about her uh, yeah. af- after the news came out. As as should be. But yeah. um so yeah, so uh, we'll we'll give him we'll give him a little breath of silence here, and then we'll get into the news. Hey guys, Peter, 
I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. Well, Chris, believe it or not, yes, we do have news to report this week. And I think that is the benefit. <laughs> I do believe of, it because yeah. you sent me the rundown. <laughs> I sent you, and, and it's mainly based on stuff that you texted me two weeks ago to, to talk about <laughs> last week. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, there is some stuff happening. Uh, again, we do have Ghostbusters Day coming up next week. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, stay tuned. I'm sure maybe two of the things that we talked about in our podcast <laughs> might be happening or none of them. For that, I, I don't for that, know. For that trailer that five people are deadly <laughs> certain is coming out. I, I did see, I think it was Carlos on our Twitter account was like, guys, there's a new trailer coming because uh, Sony Pictures uploaded the original Ghostbusters trailer to their YouTube uh, page. And I was like, well, I, I don't know about it. I mean, I think they're just probably putting that up there because they want to populate uh, things with that. Co- like groundhog day suddenly has a social media presence again too um so uh, you know sony is is ramping up uh, their social presence a little bit more um maybe instead of setting ourselves up to have a glum ghostbusters day because the thing we super fantasized about doesn't come out well let's just wait and see yeah and then celebrate the day together exactly so so next week we'll uh we'll we'll find some way to round up all the stuff that uh, that ends up happening but uh in the meantime uh, we do have some ghostbusters afterlife news uh to Two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Oh my God, I can't. Re- it's it's time is a construct that is totally foreign to me right now. But um, we talked about Jason Reitman, um, uh, you know, alluding to the fact that they were still doing some work on the movie during the shutdown, uh, and then we talked about that avid uh, photo uh, that the uh, re-recording yeah. mixer had had posted from the Cary Grant uh, studio. I think that was during one of our our Eagle Moss uh, build episodes. That's why it feels like it was so long. Yeah, ago. The, but the week the. The last one we put out, yeah, that would have, we would have talked about that a little bit, I think. Yeah. So, so we do know that they're still working on the film, uh, particularly the sound. Um, and Jason Reitman last week uh, was on the, the Sony lot and posted some pretty spectacular and eerie photos of the abandoned Sony pictures lot. It's just so weird to see it with nobody there and nothing moving. And, yeah. Um, it's, that place is a beehive. It really is. Normally. I mean, Sony, of, of all of the studios, I would say Sony and Paramount and Warner Brothers are always the ones that just feel like you're stereotypical. If you're watching a movie and you go onto a movie set in the movie, there's the people walking by with the pane glass window and all of the people in costumes uh, sitting having a smoke in the corner and the golf cart zipping by. And like Sony always feels that way to me. And, uh, the, the photos that he took, there is nobody. There is absolutely nothing. There's no carts. There's no bicycles. There's no people. It's just, it's, it's very strange. But, mm-hmm. um, but I do know some of the studios are letting uh, very small, uh, not even groups, you know, just one or two people in to, to be doing work, particularly on post-production stuff where you can be by yourself in, a, in an edit bay or in a, yeah. a studio or something like that. But, but, but nobody's there to... act as a runner for water or coffee here no no not at all um which is also kind of a it's it has to be kind of weird but also kind of thrilling for somebody like jason reitman to be going and doing a mix session quite literally by himself and having the entire studio to himself to himself Uh, kind of i mean shades of the way that things used to be where the studio had one big tentpole movie that came out and that was what everybody was focused on and working on you know uh in, in concert to to make that movie come out so yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of the way things are going to head. I, I still feel that 
we're going to have, uh, when production ramps back up, it's going to slowly kind of turn back into the way it was in the seventies and eighties where movie studios put out five movies in a year and, and that's it. Um, but <laughs> that's all they're going to be able to I, do. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, uh, that would certainly spur them on to put out their old back catalog stuff a lot faster on their, uh, yeah. secondary platforms. Well, and I've, I've heard that that's the plan. Um, I think it was in variety that they, uh, had mentioned that, you know, movie theaters are going to have to be testing out these new social distancing, uh, procedures and, and cleaning yeah. and, and basically retraining, retraining their entire staff on how to do their jobs. Um, so they're going to release uh, catalog films, you know, starting with Wizard of Oz and um, uh, oh, I'm sorry, it was it was uh, Anthony Bresnikan in uh, in his Vanity Fair article. He, he was talking about it. That's where I, I, got, I read that. But Bresnikan, Bresnikan. So yeah, so uh, movie classics will be coming back uh, whenever movie theaters are allowed to come back, starting in July, August, September, X, Y, or Z. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in the meantime, uh, work is continuing on Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, for all of those people that were wondering if the movie would be dropped on video on demand in July, uh, no. it, it would have been a close shave if that were the case. I think they were going to be little, delivering little DCPs. Soon. Yeah. Um, so, and much less, they won't have, uh, dubbed and subbed versions for every territory, uh, around the world that would want that movie at the exact same time. So um, yeah, I, I, I still, I, I like the plan of waiting until March for this movie and, and I'm anxious to see what uh, they're going to do, but yeah, I'm not going to wait 35 plus years to, you know, get back into the theaters to, or to see Ghostbusters and not see it in a theater. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, actually more to, more to the point, let's put it this way. A, I don't think theaters are, are, are dead. I think they may have to change. I don't think they're dead, but if this is like the last hurrah of classic theater going, uh, with some argument to be made that perhaps the Cineplex was a kind of a huge departure from classic, uh, movie going uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah. Um, if this is going to be like the next big shift and, and a, a huge shift away from what it kind of used to be, the carefree days of going to see movies, I'd kind of like to go out on a Ghostbusters, frankly. Uh, I was so. going to say all the more reason if this is sort of a victory lap for nostalgic films like Ghostbusters and yeah. Bill and Ted and Top Gun and all these things that are coming out, uh, Great. Uh, cue let the, me, cue let that me sad this. Top Gun uh, theme song <laughs> as we all salute theaters. Dun, 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 dun. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah. And, and the good news is uh, it, it does give them more time to ramp up the press and marketing. Uh, and it gives Bill Murray some time to go out and do more interviews, which all of a sudden, because I think he's bored and uh, golf tournaments are being canceled. Uh, so he's showing up on the golf channel and NBC and the Ellen show and, uh, and anybody and everybody who is able to get a hold of Bill Murray's uh, phone number and uh, strikes his fancy for a, a zoom chat. Uh, he's basically been calling into, uh, but the one that I particularly latched onto was his Ellen interview. Have you seen that one from like start to yeah. finish or just, just the little excerpts of it? Just a little excerpt. He's, um, He's always fun to watch, but depending on what kind of mood he's in, they're a little strange to watch, I find sometimes. So. Uh, I mean, this this is among the stranger of them. So so let me just set the, the mood for you if you haven't seen the actual – if you haven't seen how Ellen does her show, she's like in her house in Montecito, uh, which gets mentioned in the interview because she talks uh, – or uh, Bill Murray mentions uh, Ivan Reitman being a Montecito boy. Um, but so she's in her house. She has these giant like floor-to-ceiling windows behind her, and there's just a dude – in the window staring at her while she's interviewing Bill Murray on zoom, kind of like, uh, 
just a, a, a looky-loo and uh, I don't know if it's like a fan who gets to come stand in the frame or what but it's just it's weird to begin with um, and then on the other side of the zoom chat is Bill Murray sitting in front of a I think it's a is it a French Dr. Strangelove poster I can't remember it's a foreign language Dr. Strangelove <laughs> yeah. poster um, wearing a panda bear mask um, and you know sitting at like a little two-top table uh, and, uh, and, and everything he's doing, uh, revolves around this panda bear mask. So as Ellen is asking him a question, uh, he is combing his hair, his panda bear hair. Uh, and, uh, you know, is, is it's just, it's such a weird and surreal thing. And even some people were like, I don't think that's really Bill Murray, but you, you, that's definitely Bill Murray. Just the... <laughs> The mannerisms, the humor, everything about it, that's definitely Bill Murray. It is momentarily kind of like surreal comedy Daft Punk. Let's just be fair. (laughs) It really is. It could have been anybody. It could have been anybody, but that has to be Bill Murray. Uh, And and the reason that I know that it is Bill Murray, at least in voice and in uh, how Mm. uh, candid he is with her, is he does bring up, she brings up Ghostbusters and he talks about the experience making the film and... Um, and he actually does genuinely sound kind of, uh, you know, uh, reverent about the film and, um, uh, but does, does mention a few people who, who are missing. Um, so I feel like, why don't I, why don't I play the clip for everybody here so that you can hear what he says, uh, about, uh, the, the two missing people from the film and, uh, I'll, I'll let you, let you hear this. All right. We're back with, uh, Bill Murray, whether you believe that it's him or not, um, we're, we're assuming that it is, um, Bill, uh, a lot of people are looking forward to the the new Ghostbusters movie, and it's it's basically it's it's, it's almost everybody from the original cast, right? Yes, I mean the only one we're sad well we're missing two great people. We're missing Rick Moranis, and we're missing Harold Ramis. Uh, and yeah. uh, and they're they're greatly missed for all for so many reasons. They were so much a part of the creation of it and the fun of it, but. Um, but uh, Harold is is uh, featured in the story of the of, of the of the movie, so it's, it'll be very interesting. This character Egon Spengler, and it's directed by the son of the original director, who's a Montecito guy, by the way, Ivan Reitman, and uh, his son. Uh, oh yeah. Jason directed it. Well, I I look forward to seeing it. And Jason is great. He's a great director. He's done some good films. Yeah. Um, I saw a picture of you with a fan. Um, I just want to show the picture, and then you tell me what's going through your head when you took this picture. Uh, yeah, that was a. Um, she had. She was. Um, <laughs> she was a really funny, a woman, very striking, and very attractive, even without the tattoo. But she was. Um, I, I don't know, <laughs> up on my lap, and there's something about rubbing your own face on someone else's leg. You know that feeling. Anyway, it's like that. It was very no. interesting to be with her, and that happens every once in a while. So yeah, Chris, again confirming no no Rick Moranis in the film, uh, which we we knew. I mean, that's that's been mentioned multiple times now. I think we're they're doing their best to get that message out so that nobody goes in and is like, where was Rick Moranis? Um, so you know, Bill Bill does really kind of reinforce that we won't see Rick. Uh, yeah. Although, again, who knows? You mentioned in our uh, Ghostbusters Day uh, podcast episode that you're like, well, there's time now. They could always shoot something, right. shoot a commercial with a minute or something. But 
Um, yeah, and and also mentioning that Harold Ramis is is missed, but his presence is is felt in the film, uh, which, which I liked a lot. But yeah, um, yeah. So uh, it's nicely reassuring. Yeah, reassuring, and uh, in in terms of canned responses, you know, oh, it's going to be great. We got the 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 manifestation in the third act is going to knock everybody off their feet. Uh, it's not necessarily that that response. It 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 is. It, it still feels to me like it's coming from a place of of good intentions and heart and love and respect. And I, I think those those words, if they're associated with this movie, are that's it's going to do wonders. But uh, but watch that if, and, and if you have time, watch the whole thing, Chris, cause it's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> All right. I'll pencil it in. It's delightful, but it is weird as hell. Um, what else do we have here? Oh, you know, uh, let's talk about the, the, uh, Jamie Mitty D, um, uh, cover. I mean, there's not much we can talk about. I've, I'll probably just have to play a little bit of it here. Yeah. Um, but so for those of you who don't know, Jamie, uh, did, the the orchestral uh, underscore for cleaning up the town which we'll talk about in a little bit here uh later in the show um the uh the boy knows documentary but uh also did an awesome cover with jim cummings uh the voice actor behind tigger and uh pete and all all of the cartoon characters that you know and love uh and and also did the extreme ghostbusters uh theme song uh if if you're not familiar with him but uh did an awesome uh, ghostbusters cover she for the for the the covid pandemic and all of us being at home did a great uh cover of bobby brown's on our own which um is, is is a lot of fun and i think is available on iTunes, Chris, do you do you know where she put that up? Is it on Bandcamp or? Well, I saw it. It's on YouTube for sure. It's, yeah, that's that's and where I I've seen and heard it. But I don't know if it's made it to Spotify yet. Although I know they've worked on it. Yeah. So we'll, what we'll do is in the show notes or or in our social media, we'll post a link so we'll that you can uh, go go listen to it, but also support uh, Jamie uh, about uh, all of the awesome music that that uh, she's working on. But uh, but in the meantime, I'll play a little clip and we can use it as a, a lead in uh, to some voicemails because we've had a ton of voicemails that I've just been sitting on for a few weeks and I want to make sure that we get uh, people's voices heard. So uh, here's Jamie and Mitty D uh, on our own. You want something done? You gotta do it Something bad, yo You gotta wanna give it your all Cause I believe 
it's Roy Acres. It's me, your pal Bernie from Hempstead. Uh, yeah, I'm doing just fine doing this whole lockdown thing. Um, haven't really been doing all that much other than like occasionally going out to the grocery store to get like some milk and stuff. Though people have gone really insane over the whole toilet paper situation, but you know. <laughs> it is what it is, and there's only so much you can deal with that. But, uh, yeah, we're doing this fine over here in Maryland, you know, just trying to catch up on shows I've missed because of work and catching up on YouTube and, of course, listening to the podcast, which I still love. <laughs> I haven't been going in as much. I, you know, like I said, I've been busy working, so, you know, I'm just wanting well, but you guys know that we're doing fine, and I hope you guys are doing well too, and wait to hear more from you, and looking forward to when Afterlife comes out, and it's in July or around October. I'm just excited for that, and yeah, I'll hang in there, and see you guys on the other side. Bye. Hi, Chris and Troy and all the ghost heads out there, all the fans. Um, I'm just calling in, uh, wanting to say uh, thank you to all the people who are not only ghost heads that have to be essential workers at this time, but, you know, anyone in general who has to go through essential working and, you know, that are nurses and doctors and on the field trying to keep some level of stability in this weird um, situation that we're in. Uh, I, I thought I'd send that out there because I'm sure there are some people who listen to the podcast that they have to work right now uh, while some of us have to stay home and either do online classes or work from home or, you know, having to deal with this new lifestyle. As an introvert, it's not too different, but I know for a lot of people it's very tough. And seeing some fans on social media express that and how their lives are being affected, I hope the best for you all. And, you know, I know a lot of people are bummed out about um, the film not coming out July 10th and considering the last episode was about that. I hope that the fans and Sony can do something for July 10th. I know personally, I'm aiming for that day to do some artwork and stuff to share with fans and hopefully they can like that and I just hope everyone is doing well and if anybody has gotten sick, um, I know I have and it's affected me great greatly in certain ways, uh, the time lost from that and I hope you, anybody who's gone through it, are recovered now, are recovering. Um, know that this is a community that's inclusive and believes in wonderful things and humanity and, you know, hope for uh, good stuff to come through. And hopefully we can work together to get through that. It's a weird message I'm giving out, but I just thought people should hear that, no matter from who or what. And we'll, we'll make it through this. Thanks, guys. And, you know, see you on the other side. Hey, it's Eric Quickenbush from the Hawaii Ghostbusters Division. And uh, just having a good week. We had a, a Zoom meeting 
probably 10, 10 days ago that uh, we had about a small handful of Ghostbusters and a location manager that does movie location stuff here on Oahu. So we all showed off our patches and stuff for her. And I've driven uh, Uber Eats through this whole pandemic and worn my outfit, uh, at least my shirt, with patches twice, I think. And I've been wearing my Ghostbusters hat every day. I think I should have been up to 800 people I've helped so far with getting lousy food for the most part to them. And uh, so it really blew my mind as the uh, company told me I'd been to 125 restaurants. <laughs> doesn't seem physically possible that there's that many different restaurants open, but apparently I've been to them. And, uh, but things are going good, so I hope you guys are well. And I'll listen to you soon. Hi, Chris and Troy. It's Mark from the UK here with a few thoughts after this week's podcast. Because of the current situation, I was unable to get my voice message done in time to get it to you. I'm one of the few people currently working, stocking the shelves so people can get what they need to eat, drink. So here's my contribution to the podcast, if a bit late. I've had a chance to read issues one and two of Ghostbusters year one, and so far thoroughly enjoying them, particularly the callbacks that explain Sponge migration, as well as the initial meeting of the guys. I've also had the chance to read the Transformers crossover. Being the child of the 80s, I had great fun with Transformers franchise and recently picked up the Ectotron Transformer, which is really, really nice. And hopefully the Ghostbusters themed Optimus Prime will be working soon, voted from eBay in the next few weeks. Um, it was interesting to see how they'll pop in a few Easter eggs to the real Ghostbusters, um, like the electric spirits that are involved, as well as the generator spook. Um, sadly, I can't remember the names of those, um, they've long gone through my 42 year old brain. I've also had um, several of the um, ODW Ghostbusters comics but I'm still having trouble hearing in my head the Ghostbusters uh, character voices, I like the Transformers um, but hopefully it'll change when I get back to my next one which was uh, Ghostbusters 1 and 1 everyone answers the call. Sadly, it also seems that my pre-order for the third issue of Year One is delayed because of the uh, current global situation. A few other things. Um, I purchased a documentary on Amazon over here in the UK. Sadly, I was far too late to back to, to back it initially, but jumped at the chance to get it on Amazon as soon as I could. So I'm very, very impressed with it. I've um, also got the ultimate visual history and read that, but the documentary is still telling me things that I didn't know when patiently waiting to see what happens when eventually we, might, uh, we get the um, Ghostbusters 2 uh, documentary. Last but not least, thanks for your uh, work keeping the podcast light and entertaining. It helps me get through my night shifts and in this time of dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. I'm not going to sign off with the usual, uh, but pop into another franchise that would unfortunately be delayed, a lot like our own Ghostbusters Afterlife, and that will be be excellent to each other. Thanks, guys. Oh, it's on. Okay. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Jordan. You might recognize me as the one who had the interesting Ghostbusters Afterlife theory. Um, I have an idea for an upcoming show, maybe an ongoing trivia contest. I don't know what the prize would be, but it would be really cool to see how much ghost heads, young and old, would remember and or recognize about the show, so that's an idea. I really love your show. I'll keep listening. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, all I have. Have a good day. Bye.
Hey guys, it's me, John, your friendly neighborhood artist guy from uh, Phoenix, Arizona, at this point in time anyway. Um, I just wanted to call and say I miss you guys. I hope you're doing well. Troy, it was really good to see you doing the Yes Half something. I'm listening to your guys' shows, listening to your voices, missing your faces. I hope you and your families are healthy, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Side note, Chris. You and me should do, like, a video podcast, and we can just, like, geek out about stuff, and it'll be fun. Just throwing it out there. All right, bye. So speaking of cleaning up the town, Chris, Mm -hmm. what is the deal with cleaning up the town? Do we know... For sure. Uh, I think we're going to have to have the Buenos come on the show just to set us all straight. Um, Because I know uh, Jason on Ghostbusters News posted a a press release about the North American release date uh, coming up here at the end of June. Uh, Pre-orders were up on Amazon, and I was like, oh, fantastic. Not a press release. Not press release. Rather, this was somebody ran into it on Amazon. Okay, so it wasn't like a formal press release. Okay, there we go. Which is then when it... uh, and everybody got excited because, hey, we forgot that not everything there is officially official. Right. Uh, and what it ended up looking like was, um, I don't know if the UK is region free or not. It may be. I feel like region encoding your stuff might actually be additional I, moolahs. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would make sense if they do have different distributors. They probably do region code it just for, for that reason that they don't yeah. want, uh, you know, whoever uh, you know, <clears throat> buying from, from the, com- yeah. from the uh, competitor. Um, but anyways, my understanding is that North America is a slightly different animal that's been taking longer. There's other things too, if people have been following along, um, uh, <laughs> The the bumpy road uh, to get this thing out into the world uh, has continued in some places, but uh, yeah, we should have them on. I, I think we should have them on to speak to it directly. Like I don't know yeah. at this point. I want to kind of because I kind of uh, seen little bits and pieces. I made guesses at bits and pieces, and then um, I do things like stop thinking about it for four or five days, and I forget what I've read and what I've just dreamt <laughs> and, up and where it's come from and, <laughs> and where it's yeah. coming from. So maybe let's just, uh, get them on. The one thing I can say for sure is it does sound like that, the uh, uh, plans are in motion for North America, not as in beyond, we would like it to come out in North America. It sounds like they are actually, uh, finalizing some things, but I don't, I, at that point, let's just stop and get them on. Yeah, to, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll have them come back. It's been a while since they've been on the show uh, anyway. So we'll, we'll get them back in the chair and, and, uh, and, and press them for answers. Hopefully they will have answers soon uh, for us. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I know a lot of people are, uh, they did reach out for, uh, shirt sizes and wanting to know, you know, if, if your address has changed because they're working on those perks from the Kickstarter campaign. Um, so things, things are in motion and, as much as they can be uh, with the stay at home going on. Uh, yeah, let's do that. We'll get them on the show and yeah. we'll, we'll ask them because I, I, I can't follow the plot anymore and <laughs> I helped them on the film. I have no idea what's going on. So, uh, but the good news is uh, I'm very jealous of Canada Walmarts right now uh, for, for you. Uh, hopefully in the near future, you'll be able to go and, and pick something up. But uh, Walmarts are now carrying the, uh, real Ghostbusters Kenner, uh, throwback action figures. That's right. Uh, and not only that, but they have an awesome end cap, 
I, th- I think that was also on Ghostbusters news that Jason snapped a photo. Um, oh, you know what? It was the Michigan Ghostbusters. That's the place where I saw it. Uh, they, they snapped a photo and uh, it's, it, it looks, it, it looks like it could have stepped out of 1987 wait, or 1988. Wait. So the Michigan Ghostbusters have a photo of Canada's end cap. Uh, the the Michigan Ghostbusters have photos of everything. I, I am a bit a concerned confusing. about whoever runs their social media accounts because they <laughs> seem to be anywhere and everywhere. Uh. Uh, because they also posted uh, from Toys R Us uh, in Canada, the uh, the ghost whistle from Toy Fair has already hit shelves uh, at, at this really? magical, mystical uh, Toys R Us uh, up north. Um, mm. So, uh, you know... Maybe uh, distribution chains uh, were supposed to be holding things, and a few of them slipped through, or who who knows how that may have happened. But who knows? Uh, but it's good news because I know a lot of people were disappointed that uh, you know Canada was kind of n- not really getting good access to these awesome figures. A lot of people are not getting good access to these awesome figures. I ordered mine, and I still haven't gotten mine. They're yeah, still, well, still it wasn't sitting certain, waiting to ship. It wasn't certain that. Uh the same stuff that was showing up in the States was going to come to Canada. And actually a lot of people assume that since it had shown up in the States and nothing had shown up in Canada that we were being left out. But, uh, yeah, it's there. It's um, there. And I will say, uh, don't go to your Walmart. Stop going to your Walmart. That's the other part of it. Again, we, we've mentioned it multiple times on the show. Uh, essentials only. Please stop going on toy hunts at the moment. Uh, yeah. This is not don't, the time. Particularly don't do multi-day toy hunts. Uh, yeah. But if you're there for, you know, bananas and, I don't know, wet wipes or something, um, then sure, check it out. But uh, and, and let us all know what you find. But, uh, like, I'm very close to a Walmart Supercenter. I, I have not bothered to – I have somehow yeah. resisted. Now, admittedly, I'm the guy who said the only thing I'm vaguely interested in is the uh, Stay Puffed and uh, the Green Ghost just so I could have the old and the new together. But uh, – Yeah, and, and there's a good chance that they will as, – as the supply starts increasing, uh, they, they should be populating shelves uh, in greater supply hopefully. But Yeah, I suspect somebody mentioned that they were talking to Walmart in on Vancouver Island and theirs is due in – sometime in the next week. I suspect what that means then is that Eastern Canada got it first and it's propagating out, uh, East and Westward from there. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, it's Ryan Dole of the Ghostbusters British Columbia sent me the picture. That's where I heard about it first. It seems like, yeah, you should go see if you can get the, the display. And I'm like, and put it where? <laughs> Like I had the Playmobil display for the longest time and ultimately I gave up and pulled the, uh, the top off of it and just threw the, the giant sagging cardboard, you know, shelf unit and got rid of it. I'm like, what am I going to do with it? That is a, that is a, that is a 20 something move getting yourself toy store uh, yeah. displays. Uh, going into the movie theater and asking for the giant cardboard display. Right. Uh, yeah. Come on. Actually, uh, it also means I have a, a, a growing collection of not, uh, <laughs> a growing collection of partial displays because I grab them and then go, what, this is, ah, and then I get rid of it. <laughs> like I had KFCs, which had a, a giant clear bubble bag. Right, right for their kids meal thing. That yeah. had the kids meal toys in it and I got rid of everything but that. Ultimately, I think I got rid of that too. But uh, anyways. 
Yeah, I mean, for Neither people who there. have that space, uh, sure. And and those are always fun. I love seeing the, like, Hardys, uh, when they pop up the Ghostbusters 2 Hardys uh, banners and things like that. But, um, yeah, so if you do have the room for the end cap, uh, don't steal it. Ask nicely. Uh, get in good with the Walmart employee. They're working really hard right now. Uh, you know, make sure that they're uh, feeling okay and getting some sleep, and maybe they'll they'll scratch your back too. There you go. Um, but uh, yeah, so if uh, if you're still out there having trouble finding those figures, uh, fret not. Yeah, I know that the shipments are still coming in June. Uh, at least the people that pre-ordered them should still be getting them in June. I hope, myself included. Uh, and, uh, yeah, stay, stay patient. And I bet again, coming, uh, into the holiday season, uh, now with the movie coming out in March, um, I'm sure there's going to be tons and tons and tons of product of some shape or form uh, on the shelf. So, uh, stay, stay tuned on that front. Um, uh, speaking of merch, this loot crate is, is loot crate still a thing? I thought loot crate had... No, I think it's loot, it's loot box. Oh, I loot think. box. Okay. That's, that's why I was uh, confused. Uh, but, yeah. uh, they're going to have, or maybe a, it's the other way around. I can't remember. Box loot. One of them. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, as in one of them died. Uh, uh, uh yeah, I thought it was, loot uh, crate, but ah, uh, well, uh, I'll tell you right here in one second. Okay. Vamp cover for me well in the meantime yes yeah, so they're going to have a, a special uh a ghostbusters item that's going to be coming out uh in oh, it, their it's loot crate oh, it is loot crate. okay must there have been a loot box that died um but it's but anyways, their legacy loot their box. legacy loot yeah. box which which when i first read it and when they listed everything that was on there smelled a little bit to me like leftovers of everything <laughs> like <laughs> What do you mean by legacy? They uh, presented it as stuff that's made a mark, and I'm I'm like, are you sure it's not things filling up your warehouse? But uh, yeah. we don't we don't know what's in it yet. Is the thing so? Um, so uh, probably an item that has already been available previously, but uh, uh, can't stay, swear to that. Yeah, stay can't tuned. Swear to that. I don't know. Could could be something new. Um, could be something related to uh, Ghostbusters. A could be something related to the new movie. Who who knows? Uh, but stay tuned on that one. We'll find out. And and you don't find out what's in there until that that box ships, right? So that's. Uh, well, sometimes they tell you, and sometimes I don't. I'll tell yeah. you right now the. Um, there is a picture, this crate's theme is legacy. There's a picture that goes with it of Slimer. It looks a hell of a lot like, um, like an earlier sculpt or like the Slimer that was done for answer the call or something like mm. he's, it, and it's not just a photo. Like it actually kind of looks like a, like the, uh, they sweetened it up in Photoshop, but it's actually like a, a, a miniature or something, like a small statuette. Can't swear to that. Maybe that's what it is, though. Yeah, if it right, is, that'd it, be cool. Actually. Yeah, or if it's a placeholder, it's something Slime-related. Uh, just but, Or yeah. just something ghostbuster to fill the void until they tell us, <laughs> yeah. surprise, it Ta-da. sucks, or whatever. So, <laughs> Which it could be as well. It could can, be. Can always use another pair of Ghostbuster socks. If you ask they, me, well, they're 17 bucks at uh, lootcrate.com. Go get there yourself go. a pair. Yeah. Find out. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, so check that out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's all the merch stuff that's fit to print. Um, so we can get into our final topic. Oh, oh I, I did have one more shout out. There was a great video and, and a, a fun new social media presence that's out there, uh, channeling spirits, uh, who did a, a YouTube video. That's all about how the ghost trap, uh, works from a scientific, you know, real world, uh, technological point of view. 
um, did, did a really bang up job, uh, on it and, uh, and, and sort of touches on some points that we had in the, the Ectomobile manual too, which just made me feel all warm and fuzzy. I was like, Oh, we were on the right track because somebody else kind of came to those same conclusions. Um, there you go. But, uh, so check it out and, uh, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that I wanted to shout out was the Dan Aykroyd hotel paranormal show, which I haven't had a chance to watch. I don't think I can watch it. Isn't it? It's a Canadian show, isn't it? I have no idea. It's, it's on T and E. Uh, I have no idea what T and E is. (laughs) (laughs) But it's Dan Aykroyd talking about ghosts. So, yeah. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of, um, it's like the opening of Sci Factor if they didn't didn't go to like the uh, <laughs> the, the, the X Files uh, yeah X Filey teleplay version of it like if it just kept going with a it's kind of, you know like a mini uh, <laughs> documentary uh, uh, un- unsolved mysteries uh, but Dan Aykroyd is your your narrating guide I guess you may um, be right here I'm looking at their thing yeah. Channel Finder find your channel select your province yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not in the states. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I think, I think we're, we're what out channel of is T and E on Rogers? <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't get it for once. That's uh, fine. You're That's missing fine. out on Hotel Paranormal and uh, help. My house is haunted. <laughs> and uh, oh, there seems to be a threat here. I don't know what the T and E stands for, but they uh, syndicated Charmed. Okay. All right. Paranormal caught on camera. Haunted hospitals. Haunted encounters. Wow. Psychic kids. Paranormal nine one one. A haunting. Killer couples. Love after lockup. Life after lockup. Wow. All right. They've got a killer uh, lineup ooh. here. Uh, I zombie. Supernatural. Nice. War of the Worlds. Isn't is that the TV show they're bringing back? Uh, maybe. Or. Uh, or one no, of the miniseries? It's the BBC yeah. one. Yeah. Which is really depressing. Yeah. World's uh, scariest hauntings. You know, I'd actually pay for it if it was world's least scariest hauntings. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I tune in for. Sheer entertainment value, that's for sure. Uh yes. Anyways. Uh, uh yeah, so if you've seen it, uh hit up our voicemails because I I'm curious, uh curious to hear more. I'm sure because I always love when Dan gets uh gets rolling on his uh, stories. That's Part of the reason that's one of the panels I had to hit at FanFest was just Dan talking about the paranormal. But um, yeah, yep. maybe that's maybe that's exactly what it is. Maybe it's just him continuing that same string of you know famed famed hauntings. But um, uh, yeah. they got short little webisode clippets, so you can go check it out. Maybe if they haven't yeah. geolocked it, who knows? But anyway, yeah, see a little segment or two. But uh, or maybe Americans will get what they deserve every time I try to watch a stupid SNL clip on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> this hasn't been filmed for your reason. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, yeah. Or when I go to TSN to get sports news uh, <laughs> from a source that's not ESPN. I was um, absolutely delighted when I turned on YouTube and they recommended, you should watch this uh, SNL. It was like the SNL sketch of, uh, of uh, what's his name, playing the... The, is it the Dominican baseball player doing a cooking show in his home? Oh, yeah. Keenan uh, doing Kenan his doing big copy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> good. And I clicked it and it played. It was the only one <laughs> out of hundreds of <laughs> clips. They forgot to geo uh, lock that one. You so got to I was, watch one. It's technically my favorite sketch in years. Because <laughs> it's the only one you've seen. It's the only yeah. one I've seen. Uh, so, um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Let us know if you've seen the show. I'll, because I'll, I'm, I'll I'm hunt curious. it down and yeah. I will, I will fill you. In. All right. Report back next week. 
Um, all right. Well, we have uh, just a few minutes here. Uh, so I did want to touch on the uh, Paul Feig comment du jour uh, that all of the starved uh, news blogs picked up on as they usually do. Um, anytime Paul mentions Ghostbusters now, it just becomes, there's another, uh, article that's running around. I don't even want to touch, uh, on that one, but, um, this yep. particular one after the release, the Snyder cut, uh, hashtag was, uh, they, they've won the, the day they've, they pled their case. They've, I don't know what their, their campaign was successful. I don't know. There's a Snyder cut of justice league coming out. <laughs> For all yes. of the people that have been clamoring for it, uh, good good for you if that's something that you wanted. Uh, and if you don't want it, uh, you don't have to watch it. But um, <laughs> but I, I think I think that it was a comment made in jest on Paul Feig's Twitter account, but it became something bigger. Um, Paul mentioned that he had a three and a half hour cut of Ghostbusters answer the call. And then he said something like hashtag release the Figi or fight, you know, he, he put like a Y on it. So it's like the Figi cut or, um, and, uh, I thought it was like, haha, that's funny, Paul. Yeah. All right. Uh, good, good joke. Uh, and then everybody picked up on it as if it was, if, if, if it was real. Was it real? Do you think that that Paul was actually saying like, let's get a, a hashtag going to have my uh, my extended cut released, or do you think he was just kind of? I I, I took that with a, a a huge amount of sarcasm. It I don't... is it is one hundred percent Schrodinger's uh, <laughs> uh, sly marketing, in which we won't know what it is until it happens one way or another. Cause you know what? If somebody said, yes, let's put that out. He will, he will definitely be fine saying, yeah, I kind of hope that would happen. Uh, uh, yeah, and yeah. if it never happened, he doesn't matter. Cause he, you're 100% right. He was just kind of joking about it, but let's be honest here. He knows full well, if he throws it out and there's enough of a kerfuffle, it could go that way. So, why not? Well, and I mean, knowing knowing how much material was on that digital release, you know, you and I yeah. talked for, for hours pouring over all of the stuff that was cut out of the movie and things that we thought actually worked better and things that we are glad weren't in that cut at all. And um, and, and we've heard on, on multiple occasions from various sources that the, the scripted movie was very different from what was shot and then from what was reshot and then from ultimately what was released in, in theaters. So we, we know that there have been various permutations of, of the film, um, but that's also any film. I mean, we, we could look at any film that's come out and you could say release the X cut of whatever yeah. it is, um, just because at a certain point, because it's a collaborative medium, uh, unless you are an auteur like Stanley Kubrick, who um, yeah. who who claims ownership over all of the negatives and sits in the bay and cuts the thing himself on his Steenbeck, and like uh, there's there's no such thing as a definitive cut of of any film. Any filmmaker probably looks at something that they've made twenty years ago and is like, I wish I could have done that differently. Or this comes right down to uh, Romero. How many different versions of Night of the Living Dead is he released? Because uh, he's trying to protect his uh, his his claim to copyright. Yeah, I mean, right? and, so and and it's also, you know, I I did see so after the the Snyder cut thing was announced, um, like David Ayer who did uh, Suicide Squad was like, well, my my version of Suicide Squad was not what was released. I want my cut, you know, and it's I I feel like. 
maybe the good news is uh, some of the studio executives who give these these blanket notes uh, may take a step back and, and trust the filmmakers. I don't think that will happen, but it might kind of put that in the back of their heads. Like, oh, let's just let people run with this. Um, but I also don't think that this is going to start a trend of releasing super director's cuts of every single movie known to man. Well, um, let's be honest. Every single one, uh, no. It, we may see an uptick, though, because remember, those things were the um, the domain of trying to convince people to double dip on physical media uh, that they yeah, already own. Yeah. Those, and, and now that the physical media days are behind us, uh, yeah, there's probably way, cause remember the part of it too was, uh, studios having to do the, the, a, the studios had to decide to do it and the studios had to decide to pay the money, right? Getting it all prepped and then physically right. putting discs yeah. out and all that into the world. Now it's just, I don't know, like an HBO max just has to go to the studio and say, we're going to throw, I don't know, 3 million at you. And they're like, done. Here you go. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like I, <it's, laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess that does. You know, if you're, if you are the owner of, you know, if you're Warner Brothers and you've got HBO Max and you've got a streaming platform that you're just trying to put as much content as humanly possible onto because you're competing with Apple and Amazon and Disney yeah. and Netflix and all of these companies, sure, you may throw some money at it and say, look, we'll have two versions of Justice League on there. And, and for those who want the original version, you watch that. For those who want the Snyder version, you watch that. And maybe it will turn into a, like... If I go into uh, the 1989 Batman, there is the theatrical version, and then there's the restored Tim Burton definitive cut version or something. Who who knows? Um, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, even if it just opens the door for, for various reasons, all this stuff was cut out of movie X, and now we don't care. We got that initial money, so why don't we just make a little extra by, what was the... I saw somebody posting around photos from the cut bit from Val Kilmer's Batman, where he like has that dream sequence meeting with the oh, giant bat and all that. Yeah, yeah. At this point, what does it matter? I guess, right? Like, uh, yeah. no, nothing is sacred. Away you go. And let's be honest, that's squarely on George Lucas's <laughs> well, well, <yeah. laughs> shoulders. That and one. I, I think so. that's you know the, the argument that a lot of people make with with Lucas. Um, is is also the you know it's it's that that movie is in the smithsonian that is a a an american piece of art uh that that existed in 1977 and now you cannot get that original version outside of you know uh, fans who have recreated it or a dvd special feature that came out in 1980 or 1998 or whatever it was um so I mean, I, I do get that. I don't think that it's, you know, Ghostbusters answer the call. There are already, there's an extended version and a theatrical version. Yep. Um, when I saw that, I think the whole reason I thought that Paul Feig was joking is because there already is an extended version that's out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I don't see it happening for every movie. Sure, Not would only I love that, to yeah. see an alternate cut of, of answer the call? Sure. I, I do still love the the fan edit um, who who cut cut all of the kind of the things that they thought were not working in the film out. And I was like, that's a great, good edit. Yeah. Good for you. Um, it's, it's not the movie that came out in the theaters, but good job. Um, yeah, I would tune in for like a, a two part Ghostbusters answer the call. You know what I mean? Take that three and a half hour cut and edit it into two, make it two episodes. Uh, yeah. yeah. And you know what? Let's be honest here. Uh, there, that's a movie that found an audience. 
uh, certain uh, arguments aside. So why fight the uphill battle, uh, you know, of, of, of trying to, uh, continue to fight, what do you want to call it? The mainline cannon uh, and yeah, all that. Yeah. Why, why not let it, uh, build its own following, you know, in front of the free audience. That way, everybody who loved it when it came out will come flock to it. New kids will find it. In, you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of goodwill. I mean, I do understand, too, that they're probably focused completely and solely on the new movie coming out in, in March, that it's if this were something yeah. that would happen, it would not happen until after it's not, that. Absolutely not. Um, but, here, but here's the thing, too. This is something you and I have talked about. How do you, how do you keep answer the call in the mix? When at the same time, they have not as yet given us any indication how the two can live together. Yeah. They're not part of the same thing, you know, together, but a, but different sort of thing. Well, this might be a way to go, right? Like just, yeah, give... um, especially if maybe in the background, they're like, oh, we're trying to shop around like a, you know, an hour long thing. Oh, great. That. That is one channel out in this multi-network streaming world. There is still room for somebody to get the exclusive rights, you know, and here's the answer to the call, you know, I don't know, mega edition or whatever, yeah. right? Like the two-parter, three and a half hours sort of thing. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you one thing that I absolutely know will not happen? Sure. I, I know for certain, for a fact. Uh, hashtag release the Reitman cut of Ghostbusters 2 to the people trying to make that a thing. Stop. Stop. Uh, I mean, I, I know that there are deleted scenes and I know there are things that we haven't seen. Um, They're not done. They're not done is the problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there there are things that, that haven't... It was like the Fort Detmering scene uh, that yeah. it was trimmed from the movie and back in 1989 uh, you know, or 88 when they were cutting the film... Nobody cared. They Sheldon Kahn yeah. threw it in a bin and it was gone forever. Um, so, you know, there are things that we probably will never see. I hope that we get to see them. But at the same time, like that, that is, that's Ivan Reitman's cut. Like the, the movie that came out in 1989, that's, that's Ghostbusters too. I, yeah. the, the little bit that you and I interacted with uh, Ivan a couple of years ago and we asked him about some Ghostbusters two stuff, it was just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. That, that was my movie. We're, we're fine. Yeah. Like, let's be honest here. It depends on the director too. Ivan shot what he wanted and cut out very little, like, and cut, not only that, knew that he didn't need it and cut it out at the point that like, we can't put in, uh, Lewis hunting down Slimer, right? Like yeah. half that scene is just, just the day's shoot, no effects or anything. Like it's just. Well, and, and, and does nothing to further anything. In the no. movie. You, you see that deleted scene and you know why it was cut out of the film. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, and, and that's where I, I think. There are also directors who, um, you know, the, the Jim Henson's of the world. I've, I've heard Brian Henson on multiple occasions say that my dad put everything on the screen. And as soon as that movie came out, it was done. That's why there was never a Jim Henson studios archive because we didn't keep anything. The, the art was the movie. Um, you know, we don't need to store uh, stuff for the museum. Uh, it's, it's all It's, it's going into recycling. Um, so it's, you know, I, part of me, I do love to see, I love to deconstruct and see how things work and, and understand why certain decisions were made. And, um, maybe seeing a definitive three and a half hour cut of, of Ghostbusters answer the call might help me see what, uh, what Feig, that's, that's part of the reason I've always wanted to see he and Katie Dippold's script is just like, what, what did you start with? 
and then how did it turn into what it was yeah. or is that exactly what it did start out as um you know, I, you I'm know what? always fascinated by that. Sick a pin in this for 2026. Oh, like I, I don't think it's interesting. Idly, I don't think it's idly going to happen, but I think it's I <laughs> sitting yeah, here like right a now. Year, ten year anniversary, sixty five percent of a ten year anniversary thing. Yeah, because remember, they 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 invested money in that. It did get a, f- a positive fan response. I should rephrase that. That's not right. It did find fans that liked it and not yeah. an inconsiderable amount. Like, let's be honest. A lot of people that, that think that, oh, everybody hated it. They're looking at the, like the majority of established Ghostbusters fans, like, traditionally established Ghostbusters fans. And they see a lot of people that at best it was lukewarm and wasn't their cup of tea to outright frothing, hated it and decided. Yeah flop forgetting that it found a lot of new people along the way too just the same way star wars <laughs> how many how many people wandered around going oh those prequels were horrible found a lot of kids and those kids grew up to keep eating more yeah. star wars stuff right there so, you go i mean i hit you hit it right on the head the kids that watched this movie when they were eight nine ten years old uh in 10 years when they have disposable income and they're you know they're seeking, gonna be perfectly the right yeah, age to yeah. reminisce over that movie they saw in 2016 that knocked their socks off. So yeah, I could see that it's, that's, that falls into the category of, you know, low investment, high return. It's the 10th anniversary. Yeah. The, the furor is well behind <laughs> it. Uh, physical media Hopefully. is, yeah. is, is heavily diminished. Uh, but the cuts there, we tidy that up. We put it on a disc as a, you know, a thirty forty dollar steel box special edition tenth anniversary. Yeah. You know they pump out ten thousand copies, and you know they they just take the money in as profit because what did it take to put it together really? Yeah, yeah. So and, and involve uh, you know involve some of the cast so they can be talking about things. I'm, pre- and, I'm pretty yeah. sure by that point, yeah. uh, almost all of them will be much more comfortable to to talk and reminisce about yeah, it. I hope Not so. only that, that's a six years of how much has the fandom as a whole grown because if fandom if if ghost ironically if if the one movie led to this movie and this movie leads to even bigger and greater things and the franchise is healthy and i have a pretty good feeling that a lot of current uh uh, grumpy Gus's will be a lot less, well, they'll be older and wiser, hopefully, and yeah. be uh, much calmer that far past. And you know what I mean? And things are going well. I think part of the reaction to it was because there was nothing else, right? Like they, yeah, there's, there's no, there's no we, other news to latch on to. We have a, yeah. we have a pile of, a pile of, uh, pile. We have a pile of nostalgia uh, chips. Uh, we have a pile loco that we have And I've to, got exactly yeah. one thing to put it on and it's that movie and it's it's not what i wanted and i'm mad we get six years down the line and you know the animated movie gets sorted out and maybe we're looking down two one or two more follow-ups to this current movie and who knows what at that point if they say and now can we just take a moment for the people who liked answer the call which is not an inconsiderable market uh here's a thing and i think that'll be absolutely I, like I said, 60, uh, 70%. I, I like your vision of utopia that you just laid out. Can we make that happen? Can that be the future? Because 
at this rate, I'm just concerned in six to 10 years, it's going to be people grunting and screaming at each other. Uh, and the order of the hand will reign supreme. Uh, <laughs> I like that. You think that my assumption that the world's <laughs> not going to end is somehow a utopia vision. <laughs> Uh, I, I, people evolving, uh, uh, the grumpy Gusses uh, suddenly shedding their rock-hard skin, and I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think that's the case, uh, and I like that. So we'll, we'll run with that. That's what's going to sure. happen. 2026, that's Everybody. Uh, mark, mark your calendars. Hey, Siri, remind me in June of 2026 to talk to Troy about this. <laughs> Bing bong, okay. sure thing. I'll remind you to talk to oh, Troy about this. Talk to and Troy. then in six years, he'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> talk to Troy about that thing. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Friends is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call in line is 4702 GBHQIC. That'll do it. Thanks very much, Ray. <laughs> I am looking forward to that episode when it comes six sure. six years from now when it's like I, I, I found this notification on my phone uh, on my fo- my iPhone you remember those the, yeah. that thing from six years ago oh, I also like that you of... think I'm still gonna be alive in six years let's just be <laughs> honest here no you Ugh. you you've been listening to Craig Goldberg uh, talk uh, about, about us too much hey Siri Remind Troy and Craig to talk about this in 2026. <laughs> no, you take that back. Uh, you take that back. Um, hello, Troy. If you're watching this quantum, le- quantum crystal encoded video, <laughs> I'm dead. I am already dead. Yay, <laughs> uh, yay. Uh, well, so, hey, uh, speaking of final thoughts... Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> What do you What do you got? I mean, you could treat this as your your uh, crystalline en- encoded uh, message to the future. Um, hmm. that thing I was thinking about earlier because it wasn't part of the main discussion, but I, oh, um, because we were talking about the uh, movie theaters of the future. The future, okay. Conan. Future. Let me uh, let me dial this back to I I've had conversations with various people over the years um and this comes out of man some of this stuff was well before some of like the ai learning systems that are in place now and all that so um ted turner uh has it in his uh head that he owns this huge catalog of old movies and he wants to share them with the world but large chunks of the world don't like black and white films, so he starts colorizing them. Wasn't an ideal move, but arguably it did help pave the way to Turner Classic Movies, and you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. So here's... here's what's my final thought? Long and rambling. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can... 
So I've had conversations with people like, um, the one thing you can sometimes, only thing you can be guaranteed of sometimes with old films is you can find a nice clean print of it. And that's about it. Yeah. You know, like the yeah. originals, uh, not really there, you know, especially when you back to thirties and forties and, and fifties, uh, large chunks of them. If you can find a good print, you're, you're doing, you're doing well. But I'm like, we live in an age where, uh, we haven't talked about being able to pump in uh, a print and then asking an AI to clean it up, to sharpen it. You know what I mean? Like that, and that some of that stuff can be done now. I, I don't think that's outside of the realm of possibility. I've had conversations with sound guys about, so if we know what a film score is from like, say the thirties, but the, you know, they're at best mono, maybe stereo recording on the prints or whatever sometimes some stuff gets remastered and they've i think they have like an old magnetized tape that yeah. they're able to pull off of and those sound pretty good but even those have some problems i'm like you know what is the implications of um rescoring an old black and white film where are we at with colorizing now when it's not like the really goofy hand managed stuff that they did back then like where where are we at now when you tell an ai see that that's a guy's face <laughs> and you know how shadows work right yeah. yeah i know how shadows work well here's the lights he's under too by the way and he's you know this skin tone no problem and it just goes to work right like what can computers yeah. chew through and then at the last of it is how much can we clean up voice and how, you know uh, pros and cons of of redubbing and stuff like that but my question is is this went back to your thing of is this not an excellent opportunity to basically recut and re not recut as in re-edit, but as in repackage and remarket to people stuff that they should see, but likely won't because it's old. Because it's old, and they will and not. They won't yeah. go there themselves, and all this sort of thing. I like, and that argument can be made right up to don't touch anything. Just get a nice clean print. And then, and like I say, hand it off to like a, uh, like a, a, a trailer cut guy, like cut us a trailer for this movie that, you know, sell it to these people today and then show it in a theater. Like that'd be yeah. fantastic. And, and it, like I say, there's so many great old movies that nobody watches, like the thing from another world, especially when it's like, this is the one that got, you know, us, got us the thing, right? And if you yeah. go back and watch it, great film. But people tend not to watch it, right? So, or, um, you know, the old Thin Man movies. Well, at least the first couple of Thin Man movies. Great, you know, and that it doesn't even get to, like, you know, super hardcore classics, you know, like bogey films and stuff like sure, that. Sure, yeah. And I know sometimes Cineplex here and probably down there, uh, theaters, you know, do old retro screenings and all that. But but what those are is those are second-run things where the, the theaters or theater chains, depending on the size of them, go, um, you know, we just want to draw more people in on the weekend, so we're going to do a matinee showing of an old film. And they and it's across the board. It's like, it's, it's, it's so people can go everything from, oh, they're showing Casablanca to the next week, and they go, oh, they're showing Jurassic Park. It's like, this in my head is more along the line of uh, studios going, we have this whole chunk of our back catalog that is depreciating because awareness of them and appreciation of them is yeah. kind of fading away you know how without having to go overboard what kind of money can be put in 
to cherry pick some real good classics and like repackage them and resell them to people again at a time when theaters are looking for uh, a flavor change up to try to keep people in there as constantly as possible depending on how things change that's my final thought it's only yeah. half thought no that's that's a great i mean that 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 might be the answer to to help draw people in is is like you were saying uh jurassic park there's a whole audience who never saw jurassic park on the big screen it's the star wars special edition uh, argument it right. uh, but but not necessarily a special edition it's just you're cleaning things up and uh, remastering more than uh completely altering um but uh yeah, yeah how much can you how much can you sweeten it right like yeah, uh, what's the other uh, thing? jaws on the big screen like i've i've still only seen jaws on the big screen once um and and would love to see in in Dolby Atmos sound, you know, uh, yeah. hearing that that John Williams score uh, and the the ocean around you. Um, it, it, I think, there are films that would benefit from that. There are people who would benefit from seeing those films because a lot of times we take for granted that you and I have a, a, a pretty vast knowledge of of older films and you know sci-fi western genre stuff that. Um, makes you appreciate when you watch solo you're you're like oh i recognize that shot from the yeah. searchers and that's a john ford shot if i've ever seen one and um it i think it having that that knowledge and appreciation um benefits you um and and enriches you uh and and your viewing uh you know a, a lot of people they fancy themselves as filmmakers now and haven't seen half of the films that you just mentioned. Um, so, I mean, people yeah. forget that um, It's a Wonderful Life bombed at the box office, came out at a time when it had its one shot. They made whatever few dozen uh, copies of it, and it walked its way across yeah. the country in a single run, and that was it. If, if things blew up, they'd keep bringing it back, but that one didn't, and it just flopped. And then when television channels were starting to split out when cable came along like i know now people think of it as oh it's the classic going all the way back to when it came out no it had like a 20 year plus chunk where yeah. it was just kind of gone and then cable oh. came along and went christmas time uh that thing and now all of a sudden it's regarded as a, oh it's a classic we have to watch it every christmas like yeah and, I, and and maybe that's what the streaming services can do now because they've got these splash pages uh, that are servicing the, the studios themselves and they can be pushing their catalog on right on christmas you can be pushing them toward miracle on 34th street uh which a lot a of people may have film. never seen um so and uh, and and we're also heading into a time where theaters have this back catalog and physical media for a large, like for 95% of it is not the way it's going to go. Yeah. Like that physical, let's be honest, physical media right now is reserved for recent and some evergreens. Yeah. And that's about it. So yeah, between streaming and cinemas, I'm wondering if maybe the, you know, well, I mean, it's working well. Look at Disney. Disney Plus started, uh, launched, and look at how many of their old movies, stuff I haven't seen since it ran on Sunday evenings, at, you know, at the Wide World of Disney. Uh, yeah, wonderful people gravitating world of Disney. towards those. And, yeah. Sorry, Wonderful World of Disney, Wide World of Sports. Wonderful World of Disney, <laughs> Wide World of Sports. Okay. Wonderful but, uh, World of Wide Sports. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Right? Like, and I know I'm a nerd that tracked down the cat from outer space on DVD when it came out, but nobody else, you know, uh, not, yeah. not many people did, but there it is on Disney Plus, and it's a fantastic little movie. Yeah. By the way, it has not one, but two uh, kernel, mash kernels in it, so I, you know, I recommend people. <laughs> 
check check it out for that reason and that reason alone. Oh, and it has um, Sandy Duncan. Oh, my yeah, favorite. Oh, Sandy uh, Duncan. Before uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girl was a thing, Sandy Duncan. Uh, oh. Yep, yep. Uh, and before uh, uh, Ho- is it Hogan's Family? Damn, what was the name of the Hogan's show family. that she was on? In the, yeah. yeah. But Where she uh, took over for, uh, for uh, was it Valerie? Uh, yeah, uh, Rhoda. Rhoda. Uh, yeah, I can't think of her real name. Uh, <laughs> you were wandering here, kids, but it was it was one of the few times in in TV history where somebody said, "I'm the name on a hit TV show. You can't go without me. Give me lots of money." And they said, "Oh no, your character died in a car accident. And here's Sandy Duncan <laughs> as the sister-in-law to take over and continued to be a hit for another three and years." The show so. is even better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whoops. Anyway. Anyways, uh, I, I anything like I depending on what movie it is and how it was made there may be little flaws there but it's like you know what 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 how much easier can you market it to its 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 strengths to people if you have a nice clean print uh you know and nice clean sound and maybe if if for example it's a little light in the sound effect department maybe you sweeten up some of the yeah, give it a little design punch yeah uh yeah. you know depending on the music you know go back in and and relayer a nice full score. You know, a lot of that stuff's on record anyways, yeah, right? Take, the take music. some of that magnetic tape hiss out and stuff like that. Yeah. Things like that, yeah. anything, right? And just sort of yeah. just tidy it all up. And then, I would yeah, love that. Just, I would love I for would. people to appreciate things again and for it not to be quite as disposable. Um, I've, I've talked about visiting your neck of the woods and going to the New Beverly Theaters. And the couple times I've been there, I saw movies that I was like, where the hell did this come from? Like, people... Man, even now, if you look back like 10 or 15 years and look through all the movies that got released, there's so much stuff that you kind of vaguely remember and then forgot. It's just kind of gone. And you go through the 80s and the 70s and especially the 60s and 70s when there was that whole outside the studio renaissance boom sort of thing. There are so many films that just came and went and nobody remembers lost lost to the ages yeah and you know the new beverly's you know finding the old technicolor prints and doing the be- they're showing this best they can they don't do clean up or anything like that but perfect example of yeah. you know, why not check out this movie? like if 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 there's twice as many films out there than we're aware of if not more why the heck wouldn't we go see if there's one or two in there that might tickle our yeah. fancy, especially since we all suffer from Netflix movie surf. I don't know what to watch. You just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. It's because, yeah, you've kind of seen a lot of it and you don't want to rewatch chunks of it and you're not quite being sold on what's there. You know, maybe it's time for the studios to go. These are our, we got some real corkers here that I really like the idea of somebody doing uh in an era where people recut like uh, West Side Story, uh, the trailers, if it's a zombie movie and stuff like that, I really <laughs> think without being goofy about it, with with you know, if yeah, it's a noir film, trailers, cut yeah. it as if it was a noir film. Don't change you know, don't change the genre or anything. But man, cut these films because remember, trailers back in the day was action, hello, punch. You know, it's like they were really not that dynamic <laughs> as trailers are. But man, you put together like a trailer now with some, you know, jump cuts and yeah. people lookings and some hot lines and all that. You know, and not only that, trailers get some different music, so you get to throw some, 
you know, yeah, some get people uh, interested. movie temp score in there and just sell people. That's yeah. my, that's my long rambling final thought. <laughs> Are you one. sorry you asked? No, that's a good one. Uh, people, people go out there and just learn to appreciate things, things that came from the past. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great final thought. Um, if but, we're gonna uh, get, if we're gonna if we're gonna be given the right to go back to theaters, uh, provided we behave ourselves, then let's you yeah. know, make the most of it. Let's let's enjoy it, and again, let's take that victory lap of nostalgia, and uh, yeah. yeah. But um, all right, well, so uh, next week, everybody, uh, we're gonna be broadcasting uh, on Ghostbusters Day. No, that can't be right. But uh, yeah, so um, you know, uh, until until we have more information on that, we'll uh, we'll see you all on the other side. Who you gonna call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at protoncharging.com, ghostbustershq.net, and stillplayingwithtoys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. Weird. Who's so